Welcome to NTD News Today. I'm Kevin Hogan. Let's take a look at our top stories. Russian forces gathering in eastern Ukraine. Russia says it destroyed some of Ukraine's key defense systems. Ukraine's president says despite everything, he's still working for peace. The Texas Attorney General supports sending illegal immigrants to Washington, D.C. This comes after Texas Governor Greg Abbott issued the order to send migrants entering the state there. And the state clogs its ports of entry. We tell you why. A Defeat the Mandates rally was held in downtown Los Angeles over the weekend. Thousands were in attendance, including some celebrities who were on hand to give speeches. The Twitter CEO says Elon Musk will not be joining the Twitter board after his announcement that he holds a majority stake in the company. Bad news for Ukraine. Russia says it destroyed some of Ukraine's missile defense systems. That would make it harder for Ukraine to defend against aircraft and missiles. NTD's Jessica Beatty has more. Russia said Monday it used cruise missiles to destroy some of Ukraine's air defense systems. Russia said the systems were supplied by a European country, but didn't say which one. On Sunday, April 10th, high-precision seed-launched caliber missiles destroyed the equipment of a S-300 anti-aircraft missile division. NTD couldn't verify the news. NATO member Slovakia said the missile system it donated had not been hit. Meanwhile, the Kremlin said Monday that adding Finland and Sweden to NATO won't bring stability to Europe. NATO's further expansion will not bring additional security to the European continent. A senior U.S. State Department official said last week that NATO was considering adding the two countries. This as Russian forces gather in eastern Ukraine. Satellite images taken Friday appear to show a Russian military convoy east of Kharkiv. A senior Ukrainian official says the offensive in the Donbas region has already begun and Ukrainian civilians are being warned to flee. In the midst of this, Austrian Chancellor Karl Nehammer plans to visit Russian leader Vladimir Putin Monday. Austria's foreign minister, Alexander Schallenberg, says the visit is meant to tell Putin the truth about the war. It makes a difference to be face-to-face -face and tell him what the reality is, that this president has de facto lost the war morally. He made the remarks Monday at a meeting with his EU counterparts in Luxembourg, where they discussed new sanctions on Russia. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said Saturday that he's committed to pressing for peace, despite what's happened. No one wants to negotiate with a person or people who torture this nation. But we don't want to lose opportunities if we have them for a diplomatic solution. Zelensky said they have to fight, but fight for life, not dust. He said that's why it's important to stop the war. Jessica Beatty, NTD News. Residents in Ukraine's eastern city of Slovyansk boarded trains to safety today. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said thousands of Russian troops were massing for a new offensive in the east. And Russia said it would not halt its military operation in Ukraine for any further peace talks. Calls by Ukrainian officials for civilians to flee gained more urgency after a missile strike hit a train station on Friday. The train was full of people trying to leave, resulting in at least 57 victims. The region's governor said 109 people were wounded in the attack, which Ukraine has blamed on Russia. Moscow has denied responsibility, saying the missile was Ukrainian. About a quarter of Ukraine's 44 million people 
have been forced from their homes, cities have turned into rubble, and thousands of people have been killed or injured, many of them civilians. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin met online with Ukrainian troops who are training in Virginia. The group is part of a professional military education program that was scheduled before the Russian invasion. Sunday was their last day of classes before returning to Ukraine for combat duty. Secretary Austin thanked them for their service and pledged his continued support. While in the U.S., they also trained at the Naval Small Craft Instruction and Technical Training School in Biloxi, Mississippi. The Ukrainians also learned how to operate the new deadly switchblade UAV drones, which can take out tanks and armored vehicles. Secretary for Oscar Schindler is dead at the age of 107. Schindler is famous for saving the lives of many Jewish people during the Holocaust. Mimi Reinhardt helped Oscar Schindler save lives by writing the names of his Jewish workers on what came to be known as Schindler's List. She drew up lists of workers recruited to work in Schindler's factories. Then Schindler, a member of the Nazi party, worked hard to keep his workers out of death camps. Reinhardt worked for Schindler until 1945. After World War II ended, she moved to New York and then in 2007 to Israel, where her son lived. There she stayed until her death. Schindler is credited with saving the lives of about 1,300 Jews. His story was made into a novel in 1982 and then a movie by Steven Spielberg in 1993. Reinhardt told an Israeli newspaper she avoided seeing the movie for many years because the lived experience was still fresh in her mind. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton says he supports Governor Greg Abbott's new order. That order will see illegal immigrants transported to Washington, D.C. Paxton told Fox News a Supreme Court case would prevent them from legally making the move, but he also said the judges might take a fresh look at the issue, now with the Supreme Court having a 6-3 to three conservative majority. Paxton encouraged Governor Abbott to send illegal immigrants to the nation's capital, prompting Biden to sue them. Because of that, Texas would take the case to the Supreme Court. Because really every state is a border state now, affected by what's going on along the border because we have a massive increase in drug overdoses. We have had COVID spread around. We've had all kinds of crime issues. This is a real issue. This is not a publicity stunt by the governor. Governor Abbott issued the order in response to Biden's plans to end Title 42. Title 42 was implemented during the Trump administration to keep illegal immigrants sickened with COVID-19 from entering the United States. Civil rights organizations and many Democrats have supported Biden's decision to repeal it, but Republicans and some Democrats warn that taking away Title 42 would prompt even more illegal immigration. Abbott's announcement has led to a legal storm. The governor said that he would send migrants on charter buses and flights to Washington, D.C. That was an order supposedly to bring the crisis to President Biden's doorstep. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki questioned the authority of Governor Abbott to make the move. Here's what she told reporters on Thursday. I think it's pretty clear this is a publicity stunt. His own uh, office admits that a migrant would need to voluntarily uh, be transported um, and that he can't compel them to because, again, enforcement of our country's immigration laws lies with the federal government, not a state. And what's more, the state of Texas is clogging its ports of entry. It's an apparently an effort to force the spotlight on illegal immigration. 
Several ports of entry between Texas and Mexico have seen major slowdowns. This while the Texas Department of Public Safety begins inspections as part of the governor's border security plan. DPS officers are now conducting more thorough commercial vehicle safety inspections. That's been going on since April 6th. Seven ports of entry are affected, with Brownsville and El Paso among them. At the Far Reynosa International Bridge, wait time shot up to four hours, while Laredo and Brownsville bridges saw the same increase. Todd Benzman, the National Security Fellow at the Center for Immigration Studies, says it's like a Mexican standoff. Benzman told the Epic Times he sees three possible outcomes. One, Abbott stops inspections. Two, Biden sues Texas to stop the inspections. Or three, Mexico enforces its own borders from illegal immigrants. That outcome would be similar to what happened when Trump threatened tariffs in 2019. President Joe Biden is set to make a nomination this afternoon for director of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives and announce new executive actions restricting ghost guns. The president is tapping former U.S. attorney Steve Dettelbach to head the ATF. Biden's previous nomination, David Chipman, was pulled back in September as Chipman found opposition from Senate Republicans and some Democrats. Biden is also set to announce Monday a final rule on ghost guns. Those are unregistered firearms, often built using a 3D printer. Please stay tuned for our live stream at 2.15 p.m. Eastern Time. A day-long Defeat the Mandates rally was held in downtown Los Angeles over the weekend. Thousands of people showed up, including truckers and firefighters from across the country. In Los Angeles Grand Park, thousands of Americans gathered to protest COVID-19 vaccine mandates. A host of celebrities were invited for speeches and performances, including prominent doctors, actors and journalists. This is about standing against mandates that not only discriminate, but separate American families. And we're standing here on a united front from all different backgrounds, nationalities, to let them know that freedom will prevail and the mandates must stop. Among the major concerns are the restrictions on physicians treating COVID-19, disputes over the vaccination of children, and big tech censorship on information. One of the keynote speakers was Dr. Robert Malone, an early developer of mRNA vaccines. There has been a concerted effort globally to restrict access to information through the Trusted News Initiative and a variety of other global programs. This has been globally harmonized to prevent people from gaining access to the information that they need to make informed decisions, to truly have informed consent. And so it's no wonder that the people are confused because they have been with the information has been withheld from them intentionally. The rally was hosted by the Defeat the Mandates organization. Also present at the event were truckers from the People's Convoy with their big rigs parked on nearby streets. A group of firefighters traveled from across the country to support local public workers. As of last month, Los Angeles had laid off a dozen fire department workers who allegedly violated vaccine mandates. Paul Schweit is a New York firefighter and founder of the group Bravest for Choice. When you're imposing a mandate and you're and it's not a choice, if you either get the vaccination or get terminated, that's not a choice. That's coercion and in no relationship is that is that acceptable, right? So we think that this goes even farther than 
um, talking about a vaccine mandate. This goes into imposing on our freedoms and our free will. Some mandates have dropped nationwide, but others remain in place in schools, hospitals and companies. In California, the state assembly is still considering a number of bills related to COVID-19, including vaccine mandates for children and employees. An update on the transportation mask mandate is expected to be released later this week. The White House COVID-19 response coordinator says the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is coming up with a scientific framework on the health issue. The federal transportation mask mandate for places like planes and trains is scheduled to expire on April 18th. In most places nationwide, facial coverings are no longer mandatory in public spaces. Florida state health officials and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention issued alerts over the weekend for outbreaks of meningococcal disease. It's a rare but serious form of meningitis. The Department of Health said the number of Florida cases so far in 2022 has already passed the disease's five-year average. The disease is serious, although it is not very contagious and can only be spread from close contact over a period of time. The CDC on its website warned people with symptoms to seek immediate care. The Department of Health's website says some of the people at risk are college and university students, people with weak immune systems, and those living with HIV. It recommends that people consider a particular type of vaccine. The Mayo Clinic says symptoms include a sudden high fever, an unusual headache, and stiff neck. Other symptoms include confusion or difficulty concentrating, seizures, sleepiness or difficulty waking, sensitivity to light, no appetite or thirst, and skin rashes. A baby formula shortage in many parts of the U.S. is forcing retailers to ration their supplies. Walgreens is limiting shoppers to three infant and toddler formula products per transaction. A recent review of supplies at 11,000 stores indicates that nearly 30% of popular baby formula brands may be sold out. Cities like San Antonio and Minneapolis are reporting out-of-stock rates for certain formulas even higher than that, well above 50%. Part of the problem stems from an Abbott Nutrition recall in mid-February for select lots of Similac and other formulas made in Sturgis, Michigan. Manufacturers are ramping up production to make up the difference, but admit it may take weeks for them to catch up. Twitter's biggest shareholder, Elon Musk, will not be joining its board. That's according to a Sunday tweet from chief executive Parag Agrawal. Tesla CEO Musk disclosed a 9.1% stake in the platform last week and said he was planning what he called significant improvements to the social media platform. His appointment to the board would have become effective on Saturday. However, that would have also limited his stake in the company to no more than 14.9%. Without the board seat, Musk can invest beyond that cap. Agrawal said in his tweet that the board would remain open to his input. Musk limited his response to a face with hand over a mouth emoji on Twitter, while Tesla did not immediately respond to requests for comment. Twitter shares fell nearly 4% in pre-market trading today following news of Musk's board membership reversal. Thousands of flights were canceled or delayed worldwide over the weekend amid numerous reported issues. Spring Airlines and China Eastern saw the most cancellations. 
FlightAware data shows on April 9th, more than 2,400 flights were canceled and 9,100 were delayed worldwide. About 7,000 flight delays and over 2,200 cancellations were reported on April 10th. A JetBlue spokesperson says the company's own cancellations stem from severe weather, technical problems, and staffing issues. The airline says it will work to adjust flight schedules over the rest of the month. Alaska Airlines said in a statement the company's flight cancellations and delays are due to a shortage of pilots and heated talks between the airline and its pilots union. The company says it's doing its best to hire and train new pilots. A Southwest Airlines Twitter post says its April 9th flights were delayed or canceled because of an intermittent technology issue and ongoing weather challenges. About a week ago, thousands of weekend flights were canceled or delayed across the country because of similar issues. Just ahead, French presidential candidates Emmanuel Macron and Marine Le Pen prepare for a runoff election. The outlook looks better for Le Pen this time around. Pakistan's prime minister is forced in a no-confidence, forced out in a no-confidence vote. Coalition partners blame him for the country's problems. All that and more here in NTD News. Australia will be holding its general election on May 21st. That's according to a Sunday announcement from Prime Minister Scott Morrison. The six-week campaign is expected to be fought over cost-of-living pressures and questions of trust and competence of the major parties. I visited His Excellency the Governor-General and advised him uh, to call an election for the House of Representatives and half of the Senate on May 21. And he accepted my advice. All 151 seats in the House will be up for election. Morrison's Liberal National Coalition holds 76 seats, the opposition Labor Party, 68, and seven are held by minor parties and independents. A survey conducted by the Sydney Morning Herald newspaper predicts the ruling coalition could lose at least 14 seats, including some previously deemed safe in resource-rich Queensland and Western Australia. French leader Emmanuel Macron and challenger Marine Le Pen qualified on Sunday for what promises to be a very tightly fought presidential election runoff on April 24th. Supporters of French President Emmanuel Macron and challenger Marine Le Pen rejoiced Sunday night as the two candidates advanced to what promises to be a tight runoff election. The matchup is a repeat of the 2017 election when then-newcomer Macron beat Le Pen by a comfortable margin. The results from the first round of voting Sunday night signaled a much closer race this time around, with Le Pen trailing Macron by just a few percentage points, setting the stage for a runoff. Speaking at a Le Pen rally in Paris Sunday night, several of her supporters voiced deep dissatisfaction with Macron's government. Marine Le Pen, I've been voting for her for a long time because Macron took the piss. She's really the only candidate who can win and beat Macron, who did nothing but divide our country these past five years. For this, I entirely support her. Just a month ago, opinion polls suggested Macron was set for a comfortable re-election. But his late entry into the campaign, coupled with an unpopular plan to increase the retirement age and a steep rise in inflation, have put a dent in his chances. 
On the other hand, Le Pen has seen her ratings rise as she toured towns and villages across France over the past few months, also benefiting from a big drop in support for her far-right rival, Eric Zemmour. But both candidates will face an uphill battle in winning over an unusually high number of undecided voters this late into the election. In the port city of Marseille, one non-voter said none of the candidates have been appealing so far. No one represents me or my worries. I think the politicians are disconnected, and I think France is tired of this, and I think that's why they don't go to vote. I think people are fed up with politicians and with the current situation. Other major candidates in the election admitted defeat Sunday night. All of them, with the exception of Le Pen's rivals and more, urged voters to block the far right in the runoff election set for April 24th. Polls across Mexico closed on Sunday in an unprecedented referendum to decide whether President López Obrador should stay in office. Some see it as a scheme to extend presidential term limits in Mexico. López Obrador denies he wants to extend his term, but he has used the referendum to fire up supporters and pan the opposition. Meanwhile, many of the opposition's leaders encouraged Mexicans to ignore the vote as a propaganda exercise. President Andres Manuel López Obrador has governed since December 2018. He is the architect of the first so-called recall referendum in modern Mexico. Critics and supporters alike expect him to win. The vote has fueled speculation it could open the door to extending presidential term limits. Currently, Mexico's head of state is only allowed to serve a single six-year period. The result means the president can finish out his term that ends in 2024. The president had accused the National Electoral Institute of trying to stifle the referendum, which it denied. He criticized it again after the results came in. Pakistan's prime minister was ousted from office over the weekend after being deserted by coalition partners. Supporters of Pakistan's opposition parties celebrated outside parliament after Prime Minister Imran Khan lost a vote of no confidence on Sunday. Coalition partners blame him for the country's crumbling economy and accuse him of failing to deliver on his campaign promises. Analysts say there were signs that Khan had lost the support of the army, which has ruled the country for nearly half of its 75-year history. Khan insists he's the victim of an international conspiracy. He claims the United States wanted him gone for his recent foreign policy moves, including a trip to Moscow to meet President Vladimir Putin. Washington has rejected the charge. Today, Pakistan's parliament votes in opposition leader Shabazz Sharif as prime minister. Sharif, the younger brother of three-time prime minister Nawaz Sharif, is set to serve as prime minister until the next general election. Police in Spain have seized one of the largest discoveries of taxidermy animals in Europe as they investigate potential smuggling. This after a giant warehouse in Valencia was found to contain stuffed animals, including rhinos, polar bears, and elephants. Spain's National Police Force discovered over 1,000 specimens in a 540,000-square-foot industrial warehouse in Batera, Valencia. The hall of stuffed animals includes over 400 protected species, including some that are extinct, such as the scimitar oryx, or severely threatened, such as the Bengal tiger. Also found were lions, leopards, cheetahs, and lynx. Police say the warehouse owner is under investigation for smuggling and crimes against flora and fauna. He has not been arrested. 
Investigators estimate the stuffed animals are worth about $32 million. The discovery was the culmination of an investigation by Valencia Police's Nature Protection Team, which began in November 2021 when agents became aware of a possible private collection in Batera. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to put our email on screen. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, Kevin Hogan, NTD News, New York City.